Hey everyone, welcome to the Mass Construction Show. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, and this is the podcast about all things construction in Massachusetts and beyond. Today we have two guests, Adam Kreitman, Project Manager at Lee Kennedy, and David Mullins, Project Manager at Tishman AECOM. Um, I reached out to these gentlemen because they both have pretty extensive um, lessons learned, spreadsheets, and both seem to be going above and beyond in their careers, and I felt like this was a... um, good platform for them to share that information to help everybody that listens to become better at what you do. Enjoy the show. Adam, Dave, welcome to the Mass Construction Show. Thank you. Great. Thanks. We're going to, we'll suffer through the um, three-person podcast with uh, trying to work out the coordination, but I'm sure we'll we'll get it. It's not going to be my first. It'll be my second. Girls Radio was... Three, three other people yeah. with me, so that was uh, a bit of a handful. Um, so people are probably wondering um, why I have two project managers on, uh, one from A.E. Competition, one from Lee Kennedy, uh, for lesson learns. It was a different way of going about it, but you're the only two people that I came across that had such an extensive system in place, but then also there was other tangential things that I saw you guys doing that weren't exactly the same, but a lot of stuff outside might fit into the box of kind of like lifelong learner type approach. Um, but, you know, how about we just talk with you? What are some of the things that you guys are doing that, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if different's the right word, but what are you doing to go beyond just what's expected? So I, I don't really consider it going above and beyond. The way I look at it is, uh, you know, trying to stay afloat. Um, the amount of things that you have to know as a product manager or even a superintendent, it, you're like a, a cheap Swiss Army knife. Uh, you have, uh, uh, you know, the product management experience you have to understand, constructability, um, you know, you're, you're a faux accountant, uh, a moonlighting lawyer, <laughs> going across the, the spectrum here. So true. You, 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 there's a lot of things that you have to take in on a, on a daily account and, you know, while you're managing those roles, you have dumpster fires going in the field, and there's there's just a lot going on information-wise. So um, the way I look at it is, it's not just you know going above and beyond. Honestly, it's it's I'm more tracking my weaknesses than than you know um, you know trying to stay ahead of everybody. Like I, if I had perfect recall, I probably wouldn't be in construction. I I would be in Vegas somewhere. Uh, hopefully making a lot of money, but... <laughs> yeah, I've actually heard you use that. Like, you're like, if I could... And this is, like, it shows how demented you are. Like, you're <laughs> like, if I could have one superpower, it would be uh, perfect recall. Yeah. And I'm like, I would fly or something. But if you want perfect recall, that's, that's what you want. But, um, so, I, I mean, I, I have to take, you know, I wouldn't... Maybe it's it's not weakness is the wrong word, but it, it's probably along the lines of areas where I need growth or, or just... You know things that I just don't know. You know the the number of things in this industry that you you don't know that you don't know is, is insane. Hmm. So as things pop up, you know all I do, um, you know in a very basic way, and that I've been doing from uh, at least a decade ago, um, is I take the information as it comes in. And it's something I haven't seen, and, and and I don't know how it is with you, but when I, you know, it's not every instant. Not, it's not every item that pops up, but when I have the opportunity to take it and all I do is I extrapolate the information and I say, okay, look, you know, concrete, you know, you, people look at that as like sometimes an easy item to put in, but there's a lot of nuances and caveats to, you know, placing concrete, um, whether it's, you know, post tension or deep foundations, um, even, you know, slab on grade, you know, you have to understand a lot of different components about that and, you know, how you're going to get a perfect FF, FL a lot of different things that go into that. So all that information needs to go somewhere. And unfortunately, you know, I'm not going to retain every bit of that. And I need to find a way to keep, you know, abreast of the information and, you know, to have it at my fingertips. So I put it on a word sheet. You know, I have a simple template that I've been managing for, like I said, almost 10 years. And, you know, I, I have it broken out by trade um, and then subsection within that, you know, metals, then I have structural steel, then I have mismetals. And, so like almost CI 
CSI code. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, even even from like to the extent of uh, you know Division One, where it's you know basic permitting stuff. Mm-hmm. You know that when we go to an AGC event, yep. you know I, I take the information that I've learned from navigating Boston permitting, and I put everything that I can extrapolate in there that I need to remember at some point, and I put it into the sheet so that when I need it, it's at my fingertips, and I just open up my phone and it's in my OneDrive. And I peruse and I find, you know, the events or the item I'm looking at, whether it's a submittal or an RFI. And um, with a submittal, I can look at what's going on with, uh, you know, AESS steel and what are the tolerances that are going to be needed with that. And I go find that on my sheet. I look it up and I kind of look at, you know, quality control, quality assurance stuff. And I kind of make a quick note of that, you know, place it on the submittal. Maybe it gets me brownie points with the architect. You know, you, yeah. you know, you catch things for the owner ahead of time that helps alleviate you know, future financial impacts, you know, you're not going to catch everything, you know, yeah. but the idea is to have it somewhere that it helps you get through the process. And, you know, to be honest with you in the RFI process, you know, it's, it's been a huge benefit because I've been able to take that information and sometimes come up with an answer and give that answer ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, it brings up an interesting point. Um, cause we've, we've had, uh, at least Adam and I have had the discussion on, um, Will Galloway, uh, wrote a piece for mass construction on how to write a change order, right? Um, and when it got pitched to me, I was like, I, I was like, who doesn't know how to write a change order, right? And then, like, so I, I bounced it off of Adam. I said, Adam, do you think it would be... He's like, oh, absolutely. The amount of people that yeah. don't know how to write a, an appropriate or quality um, change order is... Uh, it's a epidemic right um but it's almost a lot of these things right so then you talk about submittals right you just mentioned submittals and how you use that lessons learned as a tool to check against a submittal and then also check against an rfi right and you're it's it's almost like a um and then it could get extrapolated out into the field right where you incorporated with some QAQ C, so it's almost like a reference document that. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you end up using it across the board. I mean, even when you're about to go in for just a, a simple like kickoff meeting, it's it's good, good information to just refresh yourself. Like there, there's, I mean, I think we're all in this room because you know everybody here is trying to learn and get better. Uh, mm-hmm. But the problem is, you know, this stuff's all broken off across different spectrums, whether it's in books or, or like you know. Mm-hmm. Lunch and learns, or um, you know, Google. Yeah, you know, it, you yep, have, or job site mistakes. Yeah, you right, condense yeah. it so that you have a, a local place uh, to pull out that information as quickly as possible, and you know, you, you add your own little flavor to it, and, and you know what, how you saw it go down, and, and how to uh, you know better that in the next run. Okay, I do want to like dig in deeper on technically how it all fits in, but Dave, what's your like? That was a pretty. That was a good high level. From Adam, but conceptually, like how he's looking at it and how he's setting it up, like absolutely. And I can relate to so much that you're saying there. Um, I think my story is uh, I think when I was 20 years old, I thought I knew everything, and I came from the trades, and I was like, Project management is so easy, you just do it. And it turns out that it's pretty complicated, and there's so many pieces that you need to tie together. And there's so many stakeholders that you need to, you know, get buy-in from. Um, so you're trying to, you know, bring all these pieces together and each project is going to be different. And there's going to be different um, approaches. And every project, there's mistakes made. And I want to try and learn from those mistakes, figure out what might have gone wrong, what you could do better. And my ultimate goal is that you share that knowledge with everybody around you because there's so much that's just let's bury it let's forget about it and it'll never happen again but it keeps happening over and over again it's a great point i mean you'll talk to whether it's building inspectors mile career or subcontractors and they have these things that like oh this happens every single job you know you would think general contractors would learn but what happens is there's too much, it's like such a buzzword, but there's too many like silos within construction, even like job sites, like you live in that world and one job site can be doing it one way and have one process and procedure. Then you go to, within the same company, go to a different job site yeah. 
and you wouldn't realize you were looking at the same company because it was just. I mean, did you guys experience that at all? Like going. I mean, I I've always viewed it as they're almost like their own micro startups. Like you, you have your own almost like HR setup, your own you know fiscal financial budget setup. You, you know they 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 are their own cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, every job and there there are within those you know projects there are um, you know different issues that pop up that you almost like like I don't want to say you don't share with your competitors but they, it just doesn't get out you know through the communication process of hey yeah. guys um, you know we had this instance at this wood project you know and you know I know we have a couple more coming up here's the information now mm-hmm. now things are moving in a different direction because I, I feel like construction has been behind the uh, um, like the eight ball for a long time on you know trying to catch up with technology and now it's it's really starting to blossom and you're seeing these these different avenues Procore and you know even within our own company we have um, established our own lessons learned platform where it's searchable and mm-hmm. that information is now being brought in from the field and, and people can bring that information but you know five years ago you know, people weren't doing that no. they, they that you burned your hand on the stove and you kept that scar to yourself yeah. And you pass it along, <laughs> and that was your information. But if you really look at it from you know thirty thousand feet, you know those those mistakes that you you know you really took on the chin. Um, you know if you're able to help someone else out, you know that's that's someone's you know potential gained value. Mm-hmm. You know if they didn't if they didn't screw up that hundred thousand dollar issue, and you gave them that that pointer, if you will. Yeah. Now you have established potentially someone you know someone's raise or someone's salary. Or they can they can take that you know that savings and it gets pushed back in the company and you get better you know yeah. software yeah doing. there's there's different things that, that are pulled out of that from yeah. a personal point um, you commit so much to your job like you know a project manager could be doing sixty hours a week but if you can plan your way out of some of these problems you can bring it down to a forty hour week yeah and have more time to do other things that are important yeah more enjoyable right you know. Now, so Dave, you viewed it as kind of, all right, this is a platform to prevent those mistakes from reoccurring, right? Whether it's individually yourself or you like the next step, which is like, let's make everybody else within my company not, and let's make everybody else in the business not. The holy grail is where you can share your knowledge that everybody else kind of sees it and they don't make the same mistake. Mm-hmm. For me, I enjoy writing down the issue and then kind of um, exploring if I had the opportunity again, what would I do differently? Mm. How would I affect the outcome in a different way, building in an extra step to maybe add a quality step that would you know highlight this issue along the way? So, you know, you say, you mentioned submittals. Um, I'm all about that that you look through the submittals and you're trying to find the errors yourself before you give it to the architect and maybe you're sharing a comment that they're going to just they probably know already but you're just communicating that little pointer um make sure to look for this you know well speaking of an epidemic submittals right how many times are companies placing some 21 year old on submittals that are approving stuff that they don't they, they didn't know what that item even was before yeah, they got the thing in front of them. They're just putting a cover sheet on it, but that's not adding value to the whole process. Right. you got to yeah. get somebody that's, you know, and maybe some of the submittals are small enough with... Perfunctory, the, that it's a ceiling tile. Yep, yeah. is it the right model or, or the right okay. serial number? Yep, great. But okay. you go to something that's integrating with something else that's going to be, you know, factory built and come out on site. you got to check a lot of stuff out to make sure that you're doing your quality checks. Hmm. Um, and be assured that that's going to fit when it lands yeah. and everything's going to work. Yeah. I mean, there's a thousand things here to go back to Adam's original point about like how much a construction manager, whether you're a project manager or superintendent, needs to know because it's not you're not the subcontractor where you have to learn your trade or your specialty, right? But you have to know that too. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, so... Yeah, you have to you have to be good at what you're doing from a scheduling and cost and control and all that kind of stuff. But then you have to know about mechanical systems and electrical systems and drive. Like, it's I think it's part of the appeal to go into construction management. It was my appeal, which is like, I like the idea of I don't know I'm gonna butcher the phrase, but what do they say? Like, 
like jack of all trades, expert in none, right? <laughs> I, I like that. I don't want to be. An, I don't want to spend ten thousand hours on electrical and become an expert at that. There's nothing wrong with it. Like that's for the right person. That's great. But I kind of enjoy the ability to like look at a lot of different things. But there's those challenges that come with that, right? And I think if you're counting on retention, back to Adam's original point, like that's a losing battle. And that means you're going to continue to see across company, same mistakes, individuals, because especially if you're on a bigger job, you did slurry wall, right? Yeah. But you run that job for four years and then you worked in the office for a bit and then now it's five years later and you're being faced with it again. Do you remember what your mistakes were five years ago? No. I, I, I can't remember them a week ago because yeah. there's so much going on that like I have to write them down in the moment. So I mm. you know, make a point to do it once a week and I log them as I go just as a note during the week. But three days later, your memory is just fried from doing the other things that you're doing. So... Mm. Yeah. You've lost all context and yeah. the importance of that particular issue in that moment when you had to figure out a, you know, a way around it. The, yeah, the issue du jour, right? Yeah. Um, so Adam brought up like Lee Kennedy having kind of a system in place to house some of this, and I'm sure it's a work in progress like every company, right? But so I think to get to Dave's point about or get to the point that they brought up of like the information getting shared and I want to go much deeper on this probably a little later Um, the only way to do that I think is you need either corporate infrastructure right yeah because if if there's no hub for this you know then it's all lost right I think that's where most companies are struggling because they don't they're not housing all this all the lessons learned in one place and they're repeating it and if you if we grabbed a bunch of subcontractors in the room they would probably they could probably really improve general contractors if you just got each trade and said hey what mistake do we make on every single job you know and they say you do this every time you do that every time right um so part of my conversation here and it, it was really something that dave brought up um a couple months back is you know is there a way that all this information can get source somewhere so I, I do want to make sure we don't forget that but I think if if that's kind of an end game of the conversation like is there a way that we get this all saved someplace um, you know David mentioned like an open source kind of platform at one point um, I've thought about it a bit more and I have some other thoughts on it but I think you guys would all agree that without some centralized places whether it's a corporation doing it or an agency doing it there's no other way that this doesn't continue to get repeated, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you see it, you know, you know, not to, you know, you know, put any certain industries, you know, first, but you know, the AGC is is one where you know I've seen you know firsthand where a lot of companies have come together, um, and you call them competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come together and they share their information to to you know bring everybody another step forward you know in the evolution of what we do mm-hmm. yeah so you know you, we, we talked about the nfpa 241 forum you know that those weren't um you know those could have been trade secrets for companies on how they were handling things but a lot of people decided to come together and share their information so that you know everybody was on board to lower you know potential builder risk policies mm-hmm. and and trying to lessen the impact of what was happening up here um, you know, there's the same thing with the safety, uh, you know, uh, managers that they're all getting together and they're all kind of going over their different types of AHAs and JHAs to limit, you know, the, again, the same insurance risks that we're seeing, the number of mistakes, and if they can limit those items, they, they limit, you know, the costs industry-wide, which then allows for owners to uh, invest more on projects. because of the, more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're gonna, a lot there, of, there's an end game to all of this. Yeah. Because some owners are going to just build it for as cheap as possible, but other owners are going to say, okay, we got $40 million for this project. We're going to get as much as we can for our scientists or our professors or whatever. Like, so if we can save money on office partitions but use it for an NMR, you know, like, then you can start adding more value, and it's not like you're taking work away from the contractor. In some cases, you can just 
be almost probably doing more interesting work potentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I think the you bring up a good point about like competition, and I do see companies that are, are afraid to share their information with other companies, um, and that's where I wonder: does a open source model of just like individuals sharing information work better yeah i i think it's um it's hard to share the information because there's so much context that you need to kind of build into it um, and i my personal thought is that you got to break down the problem to the very lowest level that you can kind of put some context around it um, mm. a, you know a big problem is very hard to put into words and very hard to um, synthesize kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, understand all the issues that you know oh, a job was let's say in a job context a job was behind schedule and over cost but there's thousands of things that why. come into that you know end um, state so you got to break each one down um, so how you do that um, and whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or whether there's another media to try and um, try and add a few more things like maybe some videos or some uh, pictures, but you gotta start somewhere. And mm, yeah. Maybe it's not perfect right away, but uh, yeah. I think everything is a start, and you build on it. There, there's a good place where I used to grab a ton of information and, and it's the door hardware place. Well, this door hardware place, and no, no one like everybody door loves door hardware. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, there was a, actually they don't. But yes, yeah. you too enjoy doing. <laughs> love door hardware. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a masochist approach. Enjoy the pain. Um, but the, uh, the the architectural toolbox. Um, it's it's been online for God knows how long, and um, of course the the the. the, the yeah, the architects were the first ones to figure it out and, and share it because they're super uber nice to each other. Uh, but you go onto the the forum and they would talk about different things, and that that's where you know a lot of times I would um, try to solve a problem before uh, you know just you know slapping it on the consultant or the architect and saying guys go figure it out. You know they pay us for a reason to to you know be competent builders and and to try to figure out resolutions and. You know, sometimes those architects have already done with their soft cost side and they're, they're moving on to the next job and they're just there to, you know, oversee to make sure the design meets, you know, intent. And so they don't have as much vested interest into, in, and that's a loaded statement, but mm -hmm. uh, to, to look up numerous answers that, you know, the, the contract should be figuring out. So, you know, that was one website where, you know, I think open source wise, you know, you found a lot of, uh, you know, architects coming in and discussing sustainability um, and, and different ideas on how to, you know, get... You know, squeeze the juice out of the rind, if you will, for different design techniques. And you know, I would peruse it and then mm. find that like, oh, you know, that's that's some good information. I take that and I threw that on my spreadsheet, or you know, and, and I, I tracked it that way. But it, it was it was clearly working because someone who had nothing to do with any of those conversations at one point, I was able to find that stuff, track it down, and 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 pull answers out. And to be honest with you, solve problems before you know handing off. You know, I could say, guys, here's the issue. Here's what we think is the correct resolution, and you know, it's, I hate to say it, some of those times I didn't come up with it. I just found it, you know, from two architects talking about something random online. Yeah. So <clears throat> that right there is, you know, in uh, I don't know so the mechanics of it, but is it just like a forum? Oh, it was or? like yeah, it was like the 1990 like forums yeah. that you would see, like chat rooms almost. Yeah. Like they would come up with like a. A, a tile problem with like wood structures built in the, you know the desert yeah. you know and, and you know drying out and you'd go see it and you'd, you'd go read about you know what these guys were talking about and you know what was happening with you know the thermal reactions of the wood and you know what they needed to do to keep it you know hydrated you know some that that's on the extreme end yeah. but you know y if you went there you could find it and it literally looked like like one of those old school forums and yeah. <laughs> it was just a bunch of threads of them talking about different things and a lot of it honestly I looked at for sustainability when yeah. you know lead v3 was you know blowing up and you had mm -hmm. to figure out everything and what what people would be looking for so i would find all the information from there and you know really jack it and <laughs> steal it from my own great. Bit. but you know what i find interesting is so bothering to go and search out all these potential problems that 
um, is definitely has to be like self-driven because you're not going to get you if you prevent a problem you almost get no quotas for it because no one knew it was going to happen right so there has to be a pretty big element of like uh, um, self-motivation in there I call it pride I mean <laughs> right in, I don't know how you describe it but uh, that's how I can totally relate to you when you have a problem you're trying to find the answer and you do whatever it takes to mm. get you closer so it, if it takes staying on an extra bit looking something up mm. you know just bringing somebody to pick their brain that might have a little bit more experience with it you just do whatever yeah. it takes yeah, um, uh, you know, I didn't think of this till the moment, but you know, we're talking about you know, hey, how do we get to a point where we can take a lot of these lessons learned and have them closer to that architectural toolbox? And I think about it. Half of the reason I think I started massinstruction.org was because I felt like there was no place that people were sharing like quality construction information. And by quality, like that can mean a lot of things, like either usable, sometimes it's just entertaining. Um, but there was always, I mean, this ENR and construction dive, they were much, always much more like national or international yeah. and never got into like, how do you write a 241 plan or how do, like, it was ne- like, not that that's all that the site is, but there was never kind of just like a boots on the ground level that a PM and a super could do their job better by going to any one of these places. Like, I like Construction Dive and ENR, too. Like, there's interesting articles on there about, you know, but, like, you know, giant infrastructure things or new, you know, technologies coming out. There's value with them, but it's not the... It's it's not built for the person that's doing some job, right? Yeah. In, in to make them better. It's, it's uh, you know, I don't know how I'd kind of quantify what... They are, but there's nothing out there really in construction. It seems like we lag, like even podcasts. Like you search construction podcasts in iTunes and pretty low number of Yeah, I've tried to listen to a few of them and just the quality isn't there or they haven't interested me that much. Yeah, like, Um, and there's not even that many of them out there in the space. Right now I'm, you know, probably slipping my own throat because there'll be a flood of them now. But like, I know someone that does a real estate podcast and I was trying to look them up on iTunes and like I couldn't find them because there's so much yeah, information yeah. about real estate out there yeah. right where there's so much information about architecture out there but like people just stay out of the construction construction space for I don't know what reason but yeah I, I see that it's kind of like a passing of the guard though I mean there's a lot of um, uh, I think we've talked about this before the way <laughs> The industry has kind of gone, you know, in the last recession, we lost a lot of that mid-range uh, age, like, uh, involvement. A lot of guys stayed in the industry that were old school, mm-hmm. um, that couldn't go off to a different industry, and they were locked in, pensions-wise, or whatever else, but they were there, and um, then you had this age gap, I want to say, from, you know, mid-40s to early-30s. Um, and then you had this whole new ensemble of young people coming in who are, are who are really starting to get their foothold. But you know, as we've discussed before, the, the the amount of knowledge you need to know before even you know you know creating something like this is insane. Um, so the the number of older people who really I'll be shocked that know how to use a cell phone, let alone uh, <laughs> they can use they they can use a hammer and a drill all day. But you know, you ask them to write an email, and sometimes that becomes an issue. Uh, but they're the, they're the contingent that would be you know following most of these things, and, and I think that, that they would be the main audience. Um, and now uh, you know, and would be the people that have the information. Exactly, mm. um, and that that kind of you know not to you know pull one eighty here, but it goes back to when we were talking about like the APMs, um, you know, being twenty years old and, and you know looking at switch gear for the first time, and you know all they're thinking about is electrical and not realizing you know the the, the, the simple thing that's in your face is how the hell you get this thing in the building. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, there's a lot of other logistics, you know, of how that's coming in and um, that they don't know, and, and you know, it's almost like a tribal, if you will, where you need to pass that information on. And what's scary is the amount of 
people that we lost, you know, you have this dissemination of uh, information, especially in the trades that, you know, I'm fearful is going to get lost, and which is why I try to write things down as much as possible. You know, I don't really get, the truth is I don't get most of my information from the internet or, um, you know, from different lunch and learns. I, I get it from the guys in the field. Mm-hmm. And I Absolutely. go, you, know, you go find that old salty dog that's been doing rebar for, you know, 30 plus years and, you know, they, they've seen everything. And you go ask them what's going on and how and how is this stuff being brought in and, you know, Christmas treeing steel, you, you know, what are the things you think of when you're going through that? And you pull all that information together and you slap it in. But the problem is those guys, as they retire, you know, how are they passing that information on to the younger generation? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how... You know, are you going to have an influx of all these guys now learning their own lessons learned, unfortunately, and they didn't pick up the tricks and the tips from the other guys mm. as they fade out? So that information and that audience is what's really going to drive, you know, the next generation of, you know, information, you know, and, and, um, and how that stuff gets in there. So, you know, if there's, you know, people like David who can, who can disseminate that material out there and find a way to, you know, grow on it. You know, it's only going to help the next generation and, you know, if in anything, help you as you grow in your career. You know, if you start managing them, they make less mistakes. You know, it makes you look better, too. Yeah. So it's, I think it's about, you know, finding, you know, it's almost like the caveman drawings on the walls. I always picture that. Like, you know, you take the, these guys were always passing information on to the next generation yeah. and they were able to see it and depict it and say, okay, you know, you know, that's how they build the 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 Giza or whatever like mm. the, the, the information's there but you know when those guys retire from this industry that's my biggest fear is you lose so much valuable stuff mm. yeah um, I struggle though how you how do you prevent how do you prevent that loss right yeah I, 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 like I said I, I, I try you know I try to take information that I can mm-hmm. um, I, I don't I don't see a solution for it right now you know, I, I, there's not a lot of um, mid-range people still in the industry, so yeah. the, the, I, I think a lot of the younger guys are stepping up to higher positions mm-hmm. faster, which I think is forcing them to learn faster. Uh, but you know, the, this is an industry that it takes time. Like you, like you said, you only see, you know, switch gear once every two years. You know, what's going to happen? You know, you have to remember that. Yeah, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. Right. You're going to say yeah. something, David. Um, I, I totally see the issue with trades that there isn't enough people coming through, and all these systems are getting more and more complicated, like every few years, and the integration between them is getting more and more. So, um, it's going to be a challenge to make sure that the people that are actually doing the install have the training and have a little bit of um, knowledge about the impacts that their work is having on all the other stuff that's around them too because mm. there is a lot of um silos that you're an electrician just worry about your electrical stuff and don't worry about um you know the stuff that might be coming integrating with you maybe some controls or you know working with another trade to make a you know a, a temporary outlet Put it in a better location you know that'll serve more trades rather than just being convenient to install right this minute hmm. and uh, it's just kind of trying to bridge those gaps yeah um i want to back up just a bit so you know adam got into kind of what his how he breaks down his lessons learned and um technical piece by either trade or material or csi code whatever that kind of is um you have almost like a layered, um, so it's an Excel file as well. I mean, Adams is a word, but it's an Excel file in with multiple tabs, and you have uh, you've integrated kind of like personal, yeah, kind of like so prof- professional development. And then let me even go one further. I do. I wanted. I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah. then when you go to like the job or like technical tab, like job lessons learned, you know, you have things in the top where like area I, I, I'm, I'm saying this because i think this is valuable to people listening right so things like orientation i'm reading right security jhas uh safety qaqc delivery schedule like you have the what area it is you have the job it was from what was the lesson and then what's the future adaptation right um and then you go one further you do it with equipment and pricing 
right? So lead time was supposed to be 14 to 16 weeks. It took 17 weeks to get here. One of them I saw that was a really huge Big swing, yeah. swing, right? And, and bust. So like in some costing, like square foot costs and things like that. But um, my original kind of question is around, you've gone beyond technical and you know, you're using it kind of as a personal development tool to some degree? Am I, yeah, absolutely. So um, when I started to do this in week one, I kind of had this issue where I was like, what, how do I have enough buckets to fit everything neatly into it? And I was like, I can't. I got to get one spreadsheet where everything from every job is in one place. Everything is in just one place. It captures everything. So the way I decided to go about it was you know think about all the things that a project manager has to do and there's safety integration and there's you know you got your personal um personal strategy of how you interact with people and you can learn Mm -hmm. from that and you got the logistics on site and you got you know submittals rfis meeting minutes a thousand and one things so if i just use one of those um item out item headings as the you know the kind of key for it and then just write down the issue and just focus up focus on the issues and and if i need to search it later i know it's there somewhere so i'll find it and but rather than having very distinct buckets where everything fits into i was like just focus on the issue try and put some context around that and then what i find or what i think is the most valuable uh, in my spreadsheet is the future adaption and how you would uh, impact the outcome if you had the chance a second time mm. and like that you could you know add something into the contract language you could add something into a quality assurance step and there's so many different ways to impact it that you know you can hit it from different angles and make sure it doesn't happen again yeah, and I and just like the phrasing you use is right. Like so, under the future adaption column, I'm not going to read all the um, the text there, but you have words like include in job site orientation, make up simple lists, you know, ensure that, uh, outline this, in future deliver this, build this. Right. So like yeah. it's very much like okay, here's what went wrong. What do I need to do about it? Yeah. Right, um, and do, where do you? Um, I have a couple questions here. Where do you find this valuable? Is it similar to where Adam does, where it's on submittals or contract review or? Um, it's everywhere. Okay. I mean, I think by forcing myself to actually, you know, almost continually review everything I'm doing, um, I'm always looking for that. How can I be a little bit better and? Um, it's not just about writing it down I do try and practice it afterwards that you know the next submittal that comes across my desk I'm trying to put what I've just wrote down into practice and trying to look for the you know I mean like with submittals contractors often send you a submittal technical data sheet but they have nothing highlighted of what the actual product is or what the size is (coughs) excuse me so (coughs) I've had that error before where you know contractors are sending you technical data but they don't have the item highlighted Mm -hmm. so now i have a submittal checklist sheet that i send to contractors right out of the gate before they send me any submittals and i'm like i need you to highlight the product that you are sending me the size and that it's clearly visible which one you're going to be sending to this job and not you know, just technical data that's kind of random. Yeah, you almost want to idiot-proof it. Yeah, yeah. and I well, think everybody goes through the same, but that, that submittal would have, without, you know, seeing the issue, would have gone to the architect, and the architect might have looked at it and sent it back to me, um, and then I'd have sent it back to the contractor again, and there would have been like five extra steps mm. of just unneeded work, you know, so I'm trying to make things like more efficient, trying to add in better quality, trying to, you know, do things like that. Yeah, and you are seeing an improvement 
in submittals when you do that? I, I'm seeing an improvement across the board in everything that you do. Um, mm. That by just recognizing where your blind spots are and just trying to improve on them. Yeah. For me, even like that checklist, right? I could see it as being a time saver. Even if you didn't send it on the front end, you could almost just reply with the checklist. Like if you get a submittal that is like, okay, this is going to take me an hour to figure out what they're actually submitting on yeah. and which, pro like you look at that, attach a checklist, send it back and say, I'll review when this is, you know what I mean? Then yeah. you're just kind of pushing it back on them because what they're really doing is just shoving their work onto you. And that's it, you know, right. I mean, a little bit of upfront work with setting some expectations of what you require. And I think this goes through all the way through your work with, you know, setting expectations for quality assurance, setting expectations for what you're going to find acceptable with. You mentioned concrete earlier. That's a good one about, you know, sometimes they go cutting control joints and they just they just start cutting without a chalk line. And you're like, I'm not going to accept this, you know. Yeah. So, but it's very hard to undo and redo. So when you have your kickoff meeting with your concrete contractor, you're saying, my expectations are that the FFFL will be this. Um, my expectation is that your control lines are going to be all in one line. They're going to be straight. And if that isn't happening, uh, we're going to have an issue and you're going to be redoing it. And you understand the cost that you're going to be incurring for that. And you just, you know, you're talking through these problems that you've had before and you're making sure that they don't don't occur a second time you know mm. yeah and then i like that um it, it worked out really convenient that the way adam structures the list and the way you structure the list is completely different but i think that is great for people listening because um it's even like there's a um csl code prep i mean csl prep class that Mike Yanovich uh, teaches, a uh, friend guy who's been on the podcast as well. And one of the things he does is he says, um, when you have a question, when you think um, handrail, or there's a question handrail, where do you go? Some people say, I go to egress in the uh, index. Some people say, I go to, you know, height because I want to know the height some people go to handrail he says whatever you're thinking find where it is in the book right and then you can even write in that index go to where handrail would be in the H and write handrail see egress right yeah. so when you yeah. know that when you see something that's where you're going to go right because people just think differently yeah so where adam looks at something is like when something comes up he's going to go all right is that concrete is that steel is that this right where you might think is that safety is that job site orientation is it contracts is it yeah. you, you know what i mean so however one thinks is probably the right way to create that sheet right like yeah. adam sheet is not right for everybody and your sheet's not right for everybody yeah but it's right for somebody, right? Definitely yourselves yeah. and probably a lot of other people. So you do much more of the, uh, now let's look on the personal, you kind of say uh, accomplishment, um, how you advance your knowledge, what was the benefit to the company and what you could do better, right? Yeah. So that's kind of, so you're personally trying to get better and there's the element of that in both of you uh, that I've seen and I want to kind of leave the lessons learned pretty soon but uh, so that's how you're structuring it up it's very much kind of um, what is the issue what is the lesson learned how can I fix it in the future and then you have some order of that on all yeah. the sheets right yeah how do you structure Adam for people listening not watching how do you structure your sheet to like convey that information I mean, I try to simplify it as best as possible because, you know, there's a lot of information out there. So if I just take something as simple as concrete or door hardware or, um, you know, any, any real trade item, I, I separate it as a CSI item um, and I put it into its own uh, template. And I, I think I stole this template from something like 10 years ago. And it just worked out. It was, it was like uh, something that I found online. I was like, okay, this is you know, a starting point for me to start inputting the information. 
and it kind of goes back honestly to um, I'm a big checkbox guy. You know, right. I write everything on a notebook. And as everything came up, it felt so good to just check the box oh and then write, like, you know, when, when that email went out, okay, that's there. And uh, then that I eventually realized that notebook went somewhere, it went into a folder. You know, it went somewhere, you know, for, you know, past companies I've worked on, you know, you, it might pop out for arbitration or litigation or whatever. <laughs> but uh, that information, you know, was now stored somewhere else. And I was like, oh, you know, where is that stuff? Where is that information? Mm-hmm. So... I realized, okay, you know, there, there's an easier way to do this, you know, pre, you know, OneDrive and everything else. I would just store it all on my laptop and, you know, create, like I said, you know, CSI specific section. And in there, I would just put in like, you know, I, I'm very impressed by your, your Excel sheet and how you, you bring it out so far. Mine's more or less, you know, the bare bones basics of information. Um, you know, if, like I've just talked about AESS Steel, like there was an incident, you know, at one point where, you know, I you were trying to learn about tolerances and you know what happens to that steel when it, it gets to the job site it's only supposed to have so much torsion in it or or um, it's only supposed to move so much over 20 feet or whatever mm-hmm. and that, that information is okay well when that incident happened you know how could you resolve that um, so I created the structural steel sheet you know through ASS in there and then I just wrote you know quality control go out to the job site go out to the shop and make sure you make a note of this when it comes out that you know this incident happens now like that, some of these things are scars you won't forget. Yeah. Um, and you're you're gonna remember it no matter what. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, there's that instance where it's just you know you might be able to pass that off to someone else that wasn't there for that event, and they can now take that information and say, oh yeah, so you know I'm gonna make a shop visit to to visually see what that weld is looking like on the steel. You know, how clean is that? What's the prep supposed to be for that steel? Mm-hmm. Um, so I take that information and then all I do is I put it in one column and I just write, you know, AESS steel prep or welding or, um, you know, a whole section on rebar. And then off to the right hand side, I just put in, you know, the, the we'll call it the spark notes information I need to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like going back to high school. Um, I literally try to just put the information I need to have in there to, you know, keep myself sharp and, and you know, not be too cumbersome because mm-hmm. sometimes you, you find an article and the, the whole paragraph's really important and you, you just want to take it all but you know in, in the fly we're in the field um, you know you, you need to be able to look up you know why you know something's happening and I want to be able to read that very quickly and just be knowledgeable walking into it you know I can't spend you know two days reading a novel yeah. um, on what, what's going on with that certain subject so I, I literally break out probably, I don't know, I probably have 60 different sheets sub broken down by sub-CSI, and then in, within there I really just, you know, this one that you have in front of you is concrete lessons learned, but there's also one for uh, deep foundations, um, whalers, um, you know, just breaking it down even further, just understanding, you know, you know, how did that stuff get brought to the job site? Do you have to remember, you know, what's going on with the, the trucking and, you know, if they're going to... You know, unload the steel. How are they going to shake it out? How much steel can get shaken out so quickly so that when you're you're sitting in a room with you know people smarter than you, you can sound educated. Um, you even think like piece count, right? Yeah. When you start saying, okay, how many pieces of steel can we get on average? And every job's going to different depending on you know the the structure itself. But it's pretty convenient to you know you want to build a schedule down the line. You're super yeah. early on talking to an owner. And you don't have the steel erector handy, yeah. but you have a sense where you know you're going to go talk about structural steel with the owner. You look at your thing and be like, okay, the last three jobs, they got you know, 20 pieces a day, 30 pieces a day, and 40 pieces a day. You know, like, okay, so the piece count, let's just roll with 30. What were those so variables say, with those? You yeah, know, and, and you can and slap those in there. Or if you say, oh, well, 40 was... The, almost the exact same building that we're building, then you could, when you're talking to the owner, say, listen, there might be more intricacies. It's yeah. not a full design yet, but you could potentially be getting 40 pieces a day. We could be topping off this building in next number of months or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're, you're, you know, to David's, you know, spreadsheet, I, I want to go back to that. Like, you're almost like the the poor man's Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day. Like, any time you have an opportunity to change things again, you know, and, and take that information and, 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 better yourself the next time you do it you do it and, and then mm-hmm. this is this is just you know the Adam Kramer method and yeah. there's there's 
you know, the David Mullins <laughs> method. There, there's a, a bunch of different ways, but what's important is... Copyright. That, <laughs> <laughs> Copyright 2019, <laughs> the Adam Grant method. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's really important is people understand, like, you know, th this isn't just an industry of, you know, nails and screws and, you know, you know and I think that the people who are in the industry understand this. It, maybe it's also important for the people outside the industry to understand that it's very complicated. Um, it's not simple, the amount of things that you're juggling every day. And, you know, there's not just personal accountability on you, but it, like on, you know, your direct work, but your ability to help train, you know, the, the next people coming up as well. Yeah. And you passing that information on um, is important and it's integral to, to the success of not just, you know, your career, but, you know, the company's profit and, you know, the market's ability to keep production going. And these things compound, and you know, it, it sounds so simple, like on the lowest level of you just writing something down. Mm -hmm. But those things add up, and if you're able to pass that information along, it, it really uh, limits the damage, if yeah. you will. It's a couple of things. So it's almost like when you were talking about all your old notes, it's like a modern day uh, field book yep. that's been hung on to. Because I know lots of people where, though, and I even I go back in some of my old ones, right? And say, oh, let me go back and look. Like, yeah. what was this, right? Yeah. Um, and I know people that have stacks of stacks of field books, right? They're going back. So this is kind of like, okay, how do we get that information and make it attainable? And now between the two of you, I've heard a half a dozen times, like, pass that information along. And I think the key to all this, um, or what we need to really kind of unlock, is what um, you were saying that. If you do that and you save 40000 that's 40000 for a piece of software or somebody's bonus. Or People right now, I think, um, are in the mindset of if I hoard this information and I'm really good at what I do, that's going to bode well for my career so that I get a promotion or I get a raise because, oh, on seems like when we look at the data, all Adam's jobs don't have X, Y, and Z going wrong, and David's jobs That's don't have true. X, Y, and Z. Right? No, no, I'm not saying you're thinking that way, but yeah. a, a yeah. lot of people are of that approach, which is like, all right, I've got my secret sauce. I'm going to hang on to it. But I think if people can change the mindset and go more to Adam's mindset, which is like, okay, let's share all that information, because if everybody starts sharing, not only you, – you, it's a two – bi-directional thing right you're going to start you are going to start getting other people's information they're going to get your information everybody becomes more profitable in building more interesting systems and maybe it means that you know okay well this job is more profitable we can put a, another APM on the job to help with the workload because the PMs are getting more efficient and can pass that information on to younger people because they can point them even in a direction and say, okay, you're the APM, it's taking you all this time, I need you to do more work for me because I'm backed up. Here's a submittal checklist. Instead of you doing what you're doing and you're spinning your wheels and going back and forth seven times on a submittal, send this to all your people, right? All the subs. Tell them this is what you want. And now you save that APM time who now has more time to do the other things you need them to do. Yeah. So I think it creates like an upward spiral when you start passing that information around and hopefully we can get to that but i think i think it's personally i think it's a big jump to get somebody past that hurdle of giving up the secret sauce even though there is no secret sauce but i hear it from every, you know how many companies i hear from well we don't want our competitors to know this yeah but I mean, like are you kidding like there's not, you know, there's no nobody's building a building any differently than anybody else. I've just offended probably a lot of CEOs, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's the reality. There's very little difference. I think usually culture matters more, right? On which companies perform better than others, it probably yeah. has a lot to do with how well CEOs or leaders it's, motivate. It's funny, you know, and, I haven't uh, I haven't shown you this spreadsheet, but I've been working on one for the last couple of weeks about talent development and how like that you try and integrate a whole process to get some project engineers because it's hard to just get project engineers they don't mm. just as we say fall off trees and then develop them into apms and what are the knowledge areas that they need to have to say okay you're now ready for apm and what's the next step what they need to show to be a pm and 
you know, where you need to be to be an SPM maybe, mm -hmm. um, and trying to create these knowledge areas and expected, um, you know, uh, competencies for each trade, for each position, and then kind of building that into the whole project plan as well about, we need three of these, we need two of these, mm. and at the end of the job, hopefully everybody can grow into the next position and see what they're required to be, hmm. you know, to make that jump yeah, and build that into continuous, um, continuous <laughs> reviews with everybody hmm. um, and talk through where you're doing well, where maybe you could improve a little bit. And hmm. You should, uh, so an upcoming podcast, I have a few right now. I'm, I don't even know what's going up tomorrow, but um, Krista Van Rance who um, works, does learning development for uh, Delbrook, JKS. Yeah. Um, I had her on, and she's very much, you know, she's great at learning and development. I would, after you see her pop up, it'll remind you, follow her on LinkedIn. She shares yeah. a lot of content yeah. about, um, like, creating teams, creating systems for people to learn, and how do you assess and it was very interesting because she talked about when she first went to Delbrook, uh, she assessed both things, which she assessed what were the business needs. So she talked yeah. to all like the C-suite, like what do you need from a company standpoint? But then she also looked at the individuals and say, okay, what do you need as individuals yeah. to grow and make sure you're doing both of them, right? Because that's where sometimes there's a disconnect. You kind of tend towards one or the other, like okay, what are your professional goals this, this year, Adam? What do you want to do, right? But is that aligning with what the business needs, Yeah. right? So you got to kind of look at both of them. So she's an interesting listen and she's an interesting follow because she kind of, you know, how like anybody's kind of really into something there, you know, she saw some pretty interesting studies that she shares. Right. Um, and one of them in particular was like it had 4,500 execs and... Uh, you know, so it wasn't a small sample size. And much of them were like, it is the behavioral and interpersonal skills are their issues, hmm. right? Where we struggled for a long, long time about technical skills was, and if you looked at that same survey that was repeating, it has shifted from technical skills to interpersonal and behavioral skills are where the people need the really, development. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, she's... She's interesting follow um, on LinkedIn and hopefully will be an interesting listen as well. I just want to hit on, because uh, in case there's people listening and go, well, what exactly is on Adam Sheet? Um, I think a good, let me just give a sampling. So under that concrete one, we're looking at one-way slabs, two-way slabs, um, normal weight of concrete, use of fly ash, reinforcing, uh, a lot of stuff on different admixtures, so whether accelerants or whatever you'd add to the concrete, floor flatness, floor level, um, when to measure. I saw some of that interesting. You had a lot of time-related stuff in here, like how quickly you should seal something. Yeah. Talking about measuring FFFL and how when you measure it in the moment, it's different than, you know, two days later when the concrete is cured and all that kind of stuff. Uh, rebar covered. Mirror bars, which is... Um, that might not know are the bars that go in to prevent cracking at certain locations yeah, like re-entrance bars and whatnot yeah yeah like at 90 degree corners and things um curling slump tests like it's pretty i mean it's 14 pages and i learned stuff reading it and Some very boring dry stuff but it, it is so yeah. if you want to go to bed <laughs> it's think so. perfect perfect reading yeah you two are bizarre i was actually joking on instagram i forget what i just said i said you know I said, i've got, got two pms coming in today and i think i'm gonna like die by spreadsheet you know what i mean um so Listen, I, I don't want this to all to be, it's like now we've talked, what, 45 minutes? We've talked an hour about spreadsheets, which is pretty shocking, right? Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> apologies to everybody that's suffering. But there's, you know what it is, is like 45 hardcore PMs that are like super excited. They're like rubbing their hands yeah, together yeah. like... We've lost everybody yeah. else to... <laughs> What's the column width on like, you know... <laughs> problem is I have a face for radio and you're showing this on. <laughs> but... Um, 
So it, it goes beyond, you guys go beyond lessons learned. I think it, I wanted to spend a lot of time on lessons learned because I think it's really valuable and I'd like to get to the place and maybe we'll use this as a way to close the, the, the spreadsheet piece and then move on. But um, I, I know I told you this both already that I, we've, and I mentioned it in the beginning about, you know, do we open source this and put all the information in some places? Um, I've since thought and said, maybe it's a LinkedIn group. Cause I've looked into websites that allow for like open source and just to kind of update in like, I don't have that time no. right now. Maybe if there's someone listening, that's the power of podcasting. And that's why we're talking about this. If you're out there and you know the right kind of platform to share this information and you're willing to do that legwork, uh, go to massconstruction.org. It's joe at massconstruction.org. Send that to me. <laughs> Uh, we can certainly look at it, but I've almost thought that a better way after thinking about it more and look, researching it a bit, like just even a LinkedIn group where people can upload documents. I mean, I have plenty of checklists that I'm using, right? Like I would populate it with my stuff. If everybody put that information into it and just, you know, I could put some parameters on it and say like, can't put your logos on it. You can put your name on it. Um, so I don't want it to turn into like people just pushing their product. Like, you yeah. know, here's the 27 best fire extinguisher on the market from ABC yeah. fire extinguishers. And like, we don't want that. Right. Yeah. But I don't mind if they have good fire extinguisher information. And if at the bottom, we could leave a thing where you could say, you know, provided by sally smith of abc fire extinguishers and someone has a conversation and wants to buy fire extinguishers or wants more information yeah. can reach out like great when you need a k-type fire extinguisher like you know those are those are different instances where you want that information yeah. yeah so like there's a it could be a good little group to provide information but i found after getting out there with the podcast and the website and social media it's shocking how many people will reach out and like make things better yeah yeah there's times where like i put something out there and then like i'll get an email back from somebody and like like this person must have spent fucking 17 hours on improving this thing <laughs> i love i love them you know what i mean and awesome i'm glad you sent that to me but like that's that, the power of it right yeah that's the power of putting it out there yeah. which is someone like okay that's an awesome spreadsheet but you know um hey adam my you know, I coded it by X, Y, and Z, so you can now use Control F on your thing. Here you go. Like, you know, they're thankful yeah. that you put all this stuff together. They're really smart on the technical end, and like, that becomes like exponential, right? You start putting stuff out there, and it starts yeah. coming back around. Like, I think it could be a um, an awesome tool. It gets into that trade piece, right? Because why can't it be trade knowledge as well, right? where it's tin knockers on there talking about, you know, making up this kind of joint. Like, hey, this is a tool that I use to make up this kind of joint. Or, you know what, if you buy these washers to make up the connection, uh, it's faster and we get less leakage. It's better on the air test. Great. Like, you cut this way, it doesn't create sparks. You know, there there are a lot of information out there. I'm with you. I think that, um, you know, if you could create some type of wiki build, if you will, where all that information is going in there and, and, you know, uh, it's not being saturated with, uh, you know, marketing information and whatnot. I think it would be extremely valuable because I mean the idea is it's cliche, but you know if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's absolutely. So if you, if you put the information out there, there's plenty of people smarter than I. So uh, you know I'll get feedback and I'll get that information and, and you know that's you know that's one of the biggest things I take from you know the information that I put in here is that you know. I can sit down with a laborer and I can find out something that I've never known before on mm-hmm. how like that's going to work, you know, with, you know, different trades within the union contracts and they'll just say something. I'm like, okay, that's information that should go in here. So if it's, if it's open source and it's out there and it's, it can be controlled correctly without, uh, you know, the, the human intent of somewhat destroying it with their own personal items in there, you know, I'll be it. But uh, you know, I, I don't have the answer for that. Yeah. Well, I think like a, I think a LinkedIn group is nice because you have admin function to it yeah. and you could have multiple admins. So like you can with pull the content out 
And if that same person again does it again, you just take them out of the group. You know, so like there's the mechanism to punish, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Adam's smiling as soon as, soon as he, he's like, can I be admin? <laughs> he's like, Dictator rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're fired. Right? Let's do it. You know, um, yeah. I mean, let's. Let's try it and see where we end up. Right. Okay. All right. I guess we just made a decision. I didn't expect a uh, decision yeah. to come out of this, but I like Dave. He's got an executive. Uh, I feel like you're drinking something there. That's more than coffee. <laughs> that process. Um, yeah, and I think like to both of your point about learning from the trades too. Like, I remember just being on the job. Like the amount you could learn from like the we only had carpenters and laborers working directly for us uh, back when I was a super, but like the stuff I learned from the labor was just about like what type of puddle pumps or where to use hydraulic cement if something's leaking. Like, so I could have went and hopped on and ordered 27 puddle pumps and they're the wrong ones or the, you know, the right, not the right connector on them. Like, like there's so much yeah. out there. Those too. <laughs> right? So it's like a lot of people might be misconstrued, especially if they're not in the business. Like, oh, well, you know, labor is just someone you can grab anybody off the street and like... That's not true, right? No, no, you know, uh... and, you know, the ability to learn from everybody is just so super powerful. So, all right, I'll, I'll stop there seeing David made the call. I guess we're going to do that. <laughs> all right. Tell us what you think. What do you think about that idea about having a hub to share good quality um, construction information? Uh, would love to hear what you think. Um, looking forward to the next episode. I don't know if it'll be next week, but um, when Adam and David continue their conversation um, and go beyond the technical stuff and what are they doing on a personal and professional level with networking, books, podcasts, that type of things to continue to get better. Um, I'm going to put a link to my LinkedIn profile if you want to reach out um, and let me know you'd be interested in joining that group. That would be great. And per usual, always asking for your support in some manner to share this episode. Also, we are at 45 ratings on iTunes. I would love to get to 50. Help me out. Thanks, guys. Bye. We out. We out. We out.